uh, Resurrection Sunday snuck up on me. Um, I was not ready. Uh, wasn't even thinking about it. So tonight, since it's Palm Sunday, the week before the, the crucifixion week, we are going to take a look at uh, Christ's time uh, that week and see what happens. Um, so tonight we're going to take a little break from the book of John. Wednesday night we're going to take a little break from our discipleship study and we're going to look at uh, what goes on this week. Um, just so I know, just for my information, um, when do you guys believe that Christ was crucified? It wasn't Friday. Okay. Okay. Well, the Bible tells us that uh, Jesus himself gives uh, the example of Jonah, that he would be in the whale's belly three days and three nights. Um, and the Bible tells us that uh, that happened, that he was in the ground for three days and three nights. So if he rose on Sunday, the first day of the week, uh, could not possibly have been crucified on Friday. Uh, it actually, it was Wednesday that he was crucified. It was Wednesday afternoon. Um, you have to look at, and hopefully by, I just, I text my pastor uh, in Missouri this afternoon. He's got a timeline that explains it all, uh, a nice little graph. Uh, hopefully I'll have that by Wednesday, either that or I'll find the copy that I kept. But um, it, a lot of people get confused because they talk about he has to be off the cross because of uh, the holy day coming up and when you know, the Sabbath, and they all think, well, the Sabbath is Saturday. Well, there's more than one type of Sabbath. The Sabbath was the holy day. Um, and this week, the week leading up to Passover week, is one of uh, a set of Jewish celebrations. So that is why it, it gets all confusing. But um, I, I believe that he was crucified on Wednesday, uh, in the ground Wednesday before dark, uh, the Jewish calendar, the Jewish day starts in the evening. starts at 6 o'clock at night. Uh, the night goes from 6 at night to 6, uh, 6 p.m. to 6 a.m. The morning goes from 6 a.m. to 6 p.m. But uh, when you look at Genesis, it's the evening and the morning were the first day. It starts at 6 at night. So uh, Wednesday, our Wednesday night to Thursday morning would have been the first day or the first time, uh, first day and night in the night and day in the tomb. Then Thursday night to Friday morning would have been the second. Friday night to Saturday morning would have been the third. And he arose again on early the third day before uh, before it was daybreak. So um, that's how that all works out. And like I said, hopefully I'll have that that timeline uh, that you guys can look at and we can explain it a little better because I remember most of it, but I don't remember all of it, and I don't want to give it to you all off the top of your head, but top of my head, but. Tonight, we are going to look at Palm Sunday. We're going to look at Christ's triumphal entry. Uh, so we're going to be in Matthew chapter 21, and uh, we're going to read the story of him uh, returning into Jerusalem uh, at the beginning of the week. So Matthew chapter 21 and verse number 1. And the Bible says, And when they drew nigh unto Jerusalem... And were come to Bethpage, under the Mount of Olives. Then sent Jesus two disciples, saying unto them, Go into the village over against you, and straightway you shall find an ass tied and a colt with her. Loose them and bring them unto me. And if any man say aught unto you, you shall say, The Lord hath need of them, and straightway he will send them. 
All this was done that it might be fulfilled that which was spoken by the prophet, saying, Tell ye the daughter of Zion, Behold, the king cometh unto thee, meek and sitting upon an ass, and a colt the full of an ass. And the disciples went and did as Jesus commanded them, and brought the ass and the colt, and put on them their clothes, and they set him thereon. And a very great multitude spread their garments in the way. Others cut down branches from the trees and strawed them in the way. <clears throat> and the multitudes that went before and that followed cried, saying, Hosanna to the son of, God, or son of David. Blessed is he that cometh in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. And when he was come unto Jerusalem, all the city was moved, saying, Who is this? And the multitude said, This is Jesus, the prophet of Nazareth of Galilee. Let's pray. Uh, Father God, we love you. We thank you uh, for this opportunity, Lord. We thank you for the ability to dig into your word, to see your truth. God, I pray that it would not fall on deaf ears. I pray that it would fall on open ears and open hearts, that it would travel and it would take root in us and it would grow and shape us and mold us into the men and women that you would have us to be, Lord, into men and women that uh, shine bright for you, that are bold and effective witnesses, that are courageous and able to stand in the end times. So God, please guide and direct tonight. Uh, help us to see this truth and what it pictures for us. And God, please uh, speak to us tonight. We love you and we thank you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So the first thing we see in this scripture is we see uh, Christ entering back into Jerusalem. And he gives some, some directions to his disciples. He says, go and find... And verse number two, saying unto them, Go into the village over against you, and straightway ye shall find an ass tied and a colt with her. Loose them and bring them unto me. Jesus is telling his, his disciples to seek. He's, he's telling them to, to bring him something that he needs. And he's, he's showing them, you know, loose it, turn it free, set it free, bring it to me. And if anybody asks a question, if anybody has a problem, just say, the Lord has need of it. Now, it, this just blows my mind because even to go rent a library book, you have to sign your life away. You have mm -hmm. to prove who you are and write your name down and all these other things so that they can find you when you bring it back a day late. But here, these two disciples go and they, and they find uh, an ass and, and her colt and they begin to take it. And the owner says, hey, what are you doing? The Lord has need of it. Okay, great. How, how marvelous it would have been to have been in that time where you could just trust. But in this short little interaction here, we see a picture. Jesus instructs his disciples to go and to find to loose, to make free, and to tell about the Lord. This is a picture, in short, of the Great Commission. This time hasn't changed for us, or this command hasn't changed for us today. Now, we're not going to find an ass in her colt. We're going to find people. Those that are lost, those that are, are tied up in chains of bondage because of sin, and, and they're unwillingness to serve God. And we're to go and we're to find them and we're to teach them and tell them about Christ. Tell them the opportunity to be free. And then we're to bring them to, to the Lord. Now, it's not up to us 
to save them. It's up to us to bring them God's word. And as we looked at first or at John in, in John chapter one, the word was God. This book is God's word. This book is Christ. This is what we need to bring them to. We need to bring them to this book so they can know and understand. Not just so they can hear and obey because they heard, but so they can know in their hearts and understand. There are too many today that walk around obeying because they think they have to. Obeying because uh, someone told them to, rather than obeying because they truly know the Lord and Savior. Now this also is a picture of a prophecy that's fulfilled. Back in Zechariah chapter 9 and verse number 9, we see this, prop, this prophecy. Let me go there real quick. Should have put a paper clip here. I missed it. Verse 9. Christ quotes it almost word for word. No, I want to get to it. I got to go to the table of contents. I know. There we go. It's more than three books. Zechariah 9, verse 9 says, Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion. Shout, O daughter of Jerusalem. Behold, thy king cometh unto thee. He is just and having salvation, lowly and riding upon an ass, and upon a colt, the foal of an ass. And I will cut off the chariot from Ephraim, and the horse from Jerusalem, and the battle bow shall be cut off. And he shall speak peace unto the heathen, and his domain shall be from sea even to sea, and from the river even to the ends of the earth. As for thee also, by the blood of thy covenant, I have sent forth thy prisoners out of the pit, wherein is no water. The king is coming. This, this message from these disciples is the king is coming. Unfortunately, uh, well, I'll get to that in a minute. He is coming, and he is coming to bring salvation. Uh, he is coming to, to, to lead the captivity captive to... Uh, he's already given sight to the blind and made the lame to walk and freed them from their earthly bonds. But now he is coming uh, to free us from our sin, to free us from our eternal destination in hell. And even in all of this, uh, the disciples don't understand. They don't understand that he is coming uh, to die. They think he is coming uh, to be king. He, he is, there, there's a mistaken purpose here. As the people cut down the branches and spread their garments in the way because they don't even want the, the, the colt's feet to touch the ground because it's unholy, uh, they begin to say, Hosanna in the highest. Hosanna to the son of David. They are ushering in a king. But while he is the king of kings and the Lord of lords, it's too soon. John 2, uh, verse 23 to 25 tells us as, as Christ uh, cleansed the temple, 
And now he's coming out and he says, verse number 23 says, Now when he was in Jerusalem at the Passover and the feast day, many believed in his name when they saw the miracles which he did. But Jesus did not commit himself unto them because he knew all men and needed not that any should testify of man, for he knew what was in man. Jesus, at the first time of cleansing the temple, didn't commit himself unto them because he knew that they wanted to make him king. They wanted, to, they wanted him to come in and conquer. Uh, interestingly enough, as in verse number 12 of Matthew 21, we see Jesus again go into the temple and cleanse it again at the end of his earthly ministry before he is uh, ushered away to be crucified. But the Jews didn't understand that if they had accepted Christ as king at this point, if he had taken the throne at this time, and the whole world, then the whole world would have been, been doomed to an eternity in hell. Because he didn't fulfill his purpose. His purpose was to die. And we haven't gotten to it yet in John chapter 3, but John chapter 3, uh, in verse number 17, so it says, For God sent not his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. He that believeth on him is not condemned, but he that believeth not is condemned already, because he hath not believed on the name of the only begotten Son of God. God sent his Son to die in order for us to be saved, because we are already condemned. We are already on our way to hell. Now, this procession, this entering in to the city is, is in stark contrast to those of the conquering kings. Christ is riding on a donkey. On the, the colt of a donkey, uh, a beast of burden. Uh, he's, he's dressed in homemade clothes that, that while the, the soldiers will cast lots so they can take them and, and they don't have to rip his, his outer garment in, in pieces, he's coming humbly. He's coming uh, meek and mild. Where most kings, when they come back from war, uh, they come back with song and parade and, and armies marching in their chariots and, and they come back with pomp and circumstance. It's just something completely different. I would think that at this time, if Christ had come like most conquering kings would have come, Rome would have had something to say. I mean, after all, even Pilate, when, when they take him and they send him before Pilate to be judged, Pilate doesn't find any fault in him. He finds nothing wrong. He finds nothing for Rome to worry about. This is also in stark contrast to Christ's second coming. Turn with me to Revelation 19. I do know where Revelation is. It's the last book in the Bible. Verse number 19 is a couple of chapters in from the very last. Revelation 19, and we're going to be in verse number 11. This is John the Beloved, the writer of the book of John. Speaking is in telling what he has seen in his vision of heaven and his time with God. John chapter 19 and verse number 11 says, And I saw heaven open, and behold, a white horse, and he that sat on him was called Faithful and True, and in righteousness he doth judge and make war. His eyes were as a flame of fire, and his head, on his head were many crowns, and he had a name written that no man knew but he himself. And he was clothed with a vesture dipped in blood, and his name is called the Word of God. And the armies which were in heaven followed him upon white horses, clothed in fine linen, white and clean. And out of his mouth goeth a sharp sword, excuse me, that with it he should smite the nations, and he shall rule over them with a rod of iron. 
and he treadeth the winepress of the fierceness and wrath of the Almighty God. And he hath on his vesture and on his thigh a name written, King of kings and Lord of lords. And I saw an angel standing in the sun, and he cried with a loud voice, saying to all the fowls that fly in the midst of heaven, Come and gather yourselves together unto the supper of the great God, that ye may eat of the flesh of kings, and of the flesh of captains, and the flesh of mighty men, and the flesh of horses, and of them that sit on them, and the flesh of all men, both free and bond, both small and great. And I saw the beast and the kings of the earth and their armies gathered together to make war against him that sat on the horse and against his army. And the beast was taken and with him the false prophet that wrought miracles before him, that which he deceived, sorry, with which he deceived them that had received the mark of the beast and then that worshipped his image. These both were cast alive into a lake of fire burning with brimstone and the remnant were slain with the sword of him that sat upon the horse which sword proceeded out of his mouth, and all the fowls were filled with their flesh. It's a completely different look of Christ's return. Christ's second triumphal entry, when he comes again after the tribulation period, after the, 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 the <clears throat> rapture. I'm stuck on resurrection. After the rapture and the, the seven years of tribulation, when Christ comes back to take the throne and rule and reign for a thousand years, He is going to come back as all the other kings with the pomp and circumstance, with His army in fine linen. He's going to come back to conquer and destroy. And every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that He is Lord. But here, uh, the people have missed... The purpose they've mis- have a- they've made a mistake on why he's coming, and as we go through the resurrection or the the, cru- the crucifixion week, the Passion week, uh, we will see time after time Christ alluding to his death, and we'll see him time after time humbling himself, even to the point of dying on the cross. As we we sat in Sunday school this morning, uh, we we were talking about. Um, Guarding our tongue, make, making uh, the conscious choice uh, to to say the right things, to say godly things, to follow God, and, and understanding uh, it brought to mind this time as as Christ is being tried and as he's being beaten and and nailed to the cross, and the crown of thorns is crammed onto his head, and all that he went through, how uh, he had very little to say for himself. Um, you know, he he was being questioned, and, and yet he didn't he didn't speak, he didn't rebuke, he didn't acknowledge. He just he spoke very few words. He made the conscious choice uh, to suffer for us. The Jews got it wrong. Christ was not coming to take his place as king. He was coming to take his place as lamb. Be sure that you don't miss this as well. Christ came 2,000 years ago to sacrifice Himself for us. The next time He comes, it will be to destroy all those who oppose Him. And the time for salvation will be over. That's why it's so important right now that we, like the two disciples He sent out to seek uh, the cult, that we seek those that are lost, that we go into the highways and the hedges and invite those that are bidden to the wedding, uh, those those that... that because those that were bidden to the wedding have, have refused. We invite those to come and, and know Christ. Because one day soon and very soon, 
they won't have that opportunity anymore. So it's up to us to seek, to loose, and to teach. To teach them of God, to loose them from their bondage, and to teach them to serve so that we can bring the most that we can to Christ. And who knows? I, I firmly believe that there is one person that God knows. Uh, God knows the beginning from the end, and He knows every last person that will accept Christ as Savior. And I believe that there is one person that will accept through the witness of us, uh, of those that are here on earth. And when that last person is has come to Christ, that will trigger the rapture. And, you know... Um, I don't know who it's going to be that gets to sit down and lead that person to the Lord. But what an amazing uh, thing it would be to be sitting there witnessing to somebody and, and praying with them. And as soon as they accept Christ as their Savior, all of a sudden we're facing Him. All of us. One day we're going to have to go and face Him. And we're going to have to, we're going to be judged not on our sin, not on, on our past, but we're going to be judged on what we've done with the gift of salvation that He's given us, what we've done with His Word. And I know right now uh, I'm lacking. I am, uh, I, I don't feel worthy to stand before Him. So I pray as we continue this week, uh, again, Wednesday we'll look at the crucifixion and and as we continue through this week, thinking coming up to Resurrection Sunday, that we uh, it just becomes more and more and more urgent in our heart that we get out and we witness and we teach the world about Him. Because time is short. Um, Christ spent three and a half years here on earth in His earthly ministry. He spent 33 years living, but three and a half years in His earthly ministry. And um, our time is very, very short. 